Welcome everyone to the Dynamo Abroad podcast, where we talk about everything and anything Dynamo Kiev related. I'm your host, Alex Lishik, and as usual with me uh, from the United Kingdom is Dima. How's it going, Dima? Yeah, it's going well. I'm glad to be back here for another episode. I hope all of you had a good Christmas, New Year. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. It's actually pretty warm for January in New Jersey, so I can't complain. And uh, Eric, and with us from New York is Eric. Uh, how's it going, Eric? It's going, going great. great. Um, feels, feels like, like it's, it's been, been forever, forever since, since we've we had, had one, one of these. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into another great uh, recording here. In the world of the novel Kiev, it is never a boring world. Uh, so we're going to start off with some transfer news, because like I said, there's always something going around, going on around the novel Kiev, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Um, that's for you to decide. So we're going to start with the first transfer rumor is Lil Abada, which is a 19-year-old Israeli winger from a team I'm not going to be able to pronounce that. Um, so you could, you, the viewer or the listener can uh, try your hand at that. Uh, Dima, what can you tell us about Mr. Lil Abada? Um, to be honest, all I can really say since I've not actually watched him play, is that he's a young um, Israeli winger, um, plays, I think, both uh, on the right, on the left, and in the um, attacking midfield, number 10. I think he's right-footed, so predominantly, I, I reckon he'd, he'd play on the left. But it's, it's quite interesting since he's, he's really not that experienced. He's not been getting a lot of time until until recently and it's it's quite interesting to to actually find out how um how our scouts came across this guy and for me i just think that i i i read some i read a piece about with um by dinamo kiev inside and it's that surkis is trying to find a sort of rough diamond and he has gone with a player pretty much identical to Manor Solomon um, and it's just it's interesting to see where it'll go. Um, I haven't watched him play like I already said but I, I did watch um, a few snippets of his last game. Um, once again I'm, I, I'm not going to be able to pronounce how, how, how you say that but he missed I, I, I think about three or four really really big chances so you'll fit in perfectly then yeah he typical dynamo winger or player in general to be honest but i don't know just just to give my opinion on this i mean i do understand the logic behind it in that he's a young player and that you know he might become you know he might come good in the future and that you know he's he's supposedly pretty talented um but my question is that so i've heard i've heard that i've had different amounts of money that we're offering from like two and a half to five and i just think you know is there you know is this you know we've we've got we've got wingers we've got right wingers we've got left wingers is this really a player that we need because he's not going to come in and bench Tsilankov, obviously and he's i don't think he's going to come in and bench the piano or, or maybe even Rodriguez but you know I, I just think that while I wouldn't be 
against it. Um, of course, if if he signed, and um, I've I'm here. I've heard a few times that he might he might actually come at the time of recording in two days on the seventh of January. Um, and obviously, if that happened, I'd have to you know I'd have to give him a chance. But I'm not entirely convinced we need him. That's all I need to say. But you know, he's a young player who, you know, I might I might be wrong about who might come in and shock us all, but. I don't really know what else to say about him. Definitely an interesting one, especially since we do have a young right winger in Jorgi Tsetaishvili, who was uh, loaned to Vorskla Potava. So he'll be there uh, for the uh, spring of 2021. Uh, on to the next transfer is a Croatian who I believe is from Dinamo Zagreb, uh, Christian Jakic. Uh, Eric, what can you tell us about uh, Mr. Christian Jakic? Yeah, so this one I'm pretty excited about, um, and I do my best not to get too excited based upon a few stats I see in transfer marked, uh, as well as like a an online compilation highlight reel, whatever you want to call it. Um, but just from what I've seen, um, he looks pretty impressive, and you know this is a position that not only for Dinamo, but we also see this for the national team for Zbirna. This is a position that. Um, you know, I would argue among Ukrainian players as a whole right now is kind of lacking that defensive mid position. Um, so again, just looking up some information on him on uh, transfer marked, um, you know, he's got one goal and two assists and 11 appearances for Dinamo Zagreb. I think he actually just joined them. Uh, I want to say in August of 2020 from Lokomotiva, if I'm not mistaken, um, so he's, he is a defensive minded midfielder, um, works with a pretty, uh, a pretty ex expansive passing range. Um, so looks pretty comfortable on the ball, comfortable in possession, even when he's under pressure. Um, you know, one of the things that looked to be a big bonus, and again, I mean, you can only know so much from watching a seven minute highlight reel, but, um, you know, we've mentioned in the past about Sidorchuk liking to dive into tackles um, and the fact that that's legitimately a trait of his in football manager. And it's 100 percent true. I mean, he does as much as I like him. And, and I do, um, like I said, I, I do rate Sidorchuk, um, but he, you know, especially as someone as the club's captain, you, you can't be getting sent off in important matches. That's just not leading by example. Um, so I take a look at a player like this who. Again, defensive-minded midfielder, um, you know, like I said, good passer of the ball, but he doesn't go to ground that often, only when it's like a completely necessary. For the most part, most of the tackles that I see him making, he stays on his feet, um, which I like. And we've talked about this in the past where for most of the teams that we play, I mean – there really shouldn't be many times where we need to go to ground to make a tackle. For the most part, we just need to stay on our feet and keep people in front of us. Um, I think domestically, again, um, outside of Shakhtar, I mean, a lot of these teams, they're really not going to beat us in a possession-based game, nor are they going to outclass us. It's going to be, you know, us getting caught out on the counter or it's going to be set pieces that, you know, we, we give away stupidly, which we do a lot of. Um, so having a player like this come in, that looks to be a really solid defensive mid, but you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders, at least from, from what I've seen so far. Um, 
this is, you know, like Dima mentioned about the winger position, not only is it someone that's very young, um, but it's really not even a position that I think is high up on the list for what we need right now. This one is, is um, people to play in, in the double pivot roles. You know, he's 23 years old. He pretty much plays, he starts for every match for Dinamo. Again, I mean, he, he, he looks solid overall. So this one, like I said, I'm trying to stay grounded on it, but um, I, I am excited. And, and this one in particular, I really hope that we, um, that we end up signing him. One uh, transfer definitely to keep an eye on to see if it happens or not throughout January. Uh, the next transfer that uh, is Denam- that Denamo has been linked with is uh, when you've if you've listened to uh, our show before, you'll definitely have heard his name a couple of times. It's Lincoln, uh, the 20 year old striker from Flamengo. Um, I don't know. If, I think I think we could all agree striker is definitely a position where we need to have sorted out. Um, but I don't think a 20-year-old who has bags of potential, and not even actual potential, potentially could uh, hit the heights of that we would need him. I don't know. We already have one of those in Supriyaha. There's Isayenko, who's at Kolos, who's got who's got decent potential. I don't know if um, I don't know if Lincoln is the answer to our striker issues, especially with Bestiadin coming back. Um, I I don't. Not against signing a young player because there could be really good sell-on value, but I don't know if – I mean, this is just for me. I don't know if Lincoln is really the uh, type of player Dynamo should be uh, going for. Do you any? Do you, either of you guys have anything to add? He just got uh, caught going out to the discotheque, so that's oh, another, yeah. another nice yeah. little – hot water with his management. And yeah. also, I wanted to say, do you guys remember that? That video I sent of his miss to the group chat, the spectacular miss. Oh, against Liverpool, the, right? Yeah. Against Liverpool. But that's a perfect strike for Dynamo. He'll fit he'll right fit in. Really well. He'll fit right, he'll fit right in. I, I don't know. I think I've already said this, but if if he's anywhere as near as good as he was on Football Manager 19, we, we, need, to, we need to get this guy. But I <laughs> something tells me he's not that good if they want to get rid of him. Um. Yeah, definitely one that. I mean, listen, maybe it's Luchesco in Brazilian. So there's something that always works out there. Um, the next, it's not really a transfer, but an incoming player to Dinamo this time. It's a uh, fan favorite and arguably Dinamo all time best 11, Mohamed Kadiri. Uh, his loan was terminated by Arsenal Tula. Uh, Dima, <laughs> what do you have to say about Mo Kadiri coming back? What can I say? Even Arsenal Tula don't. Even Arsenal Tula don't want. <laughs> Sorry, the guys are just absolutely dying at the mention of this guy, and that really sums it up. Um, but I've heard of something. I've I've heard it's the player who wants to come back, and it's been officially announced that he's coming back. And I've read that you know while on loan he hasn't he hasn't become a better player. You know he's not learned to pass. He He's, he wins less jewels than, say, your Popov. Um, he, like I said, he, he can't pass. Um, that's, and that's putting, it, that's putting it mildly. I think we'll, we will get into him um, a bit more in depth uh, later on in the episode. But it's just, what, what, what can I even say about him? He's, he's going to come in and what is he going to do? Like, even, I mean, Luchesco. He 
when he came in, he gave a few players who were kind of um, kind of out of favour, should we say, like Rodriguez, um, a chance. And they they went on to play some kind of role in the season. Luchesco saw Kadiri play in a few friendlies and he decided that even he's just not good enough in any way, shape or form to play any kind of role whatsoever. So he just shipped him straight out. And now they don't even they don't want him, even though they're saying that it's him that wanted to go back. But what can I say? I, I don't think he's going to hopefully he's not going to be uh, with us for so long unless he managed to somehow prove us wrong even though I some I really somehow doubt that but what what else can I say maybe he's the defensive midfielder we've been lacking um yeah, yeah right <laughs> maybe maybe for, maybe for the under 90s and even that's not guaranteed well the under 19s have Mikhailenko so I think I think they're actually good in that position um so the some other little news we'll just I'll just go over briefly um Artem Shabanov and Denis Boyko uh, maybe moved on probably in the summer, but also uh, in January. Uh, Shabanov has been rumored with Lech Poznan of Poland, so it's a fairly decent side with a few other Ukrainians and Vasil Kravitz and Bogdan Butko. And, um, it's not been specifically mentioned where Denis Boyko is going, but he's been rumored uh, to be on the on his way out, especially with Bushchan really coming to his own and Nascheret probably is really Dynamo's future at that position. Uh, Dragovic, unfortunately, will be at Bayer Leverkusen until the summer, so uh, Dynamo's probably going to have to look and try to get another center back in to partner one of uh, Sirota, Popov, or um, uh, Zabarni. Uh, and finally, fitness coach Diego Longo has terminated his contract at Dynamo, so uh, another position, be it, uh, even though it's not on the field, but another uh, position to them will be looking to fill in the backroom staff and I actually almost forgot to mention this uh, Dinamo's two games in the United Arab Emirates they decided who their opponents are going to be uh, two massive clubs in Legia Warszawa and Shakhtyor Solihorsk I apologize if I mispronounced that um, team top of the Polish league and defending Belarusian champions uh, maybe not the opponents that are the highest quality to prepare for uh, Bruges in the uh, Europa League, but either way, I think it should be two good games. Get maybe some of the young guys playing and get some of these guys back on form. Get Besiedin some much needed fitness. So uh, two good games in the UAE coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, now we are at the winter break, so Dinamo do not have any games for a couple uh, weeks until they play Olympic Donetsk on the 13th of February. So we're going to do a little season review up to this point. Uh, we're going to start with the domestic campaign. Uh, Eric, how has the domestic campaign gone for Dinamo so far this season? Pretty well, to, to put it simply. Um, I, I think that um, I, I took a look, and we had discussed this previously, but I took a look at comparisons from last year at this time to this year. And assuming my math is correct, Last year, at this time, Shakhtar was ahead of Dinamo in the Premier League um, by, I believe it was 14 points. Again, if my math is correct, Shakhtar were at 50 points and Dinamo were at 36 points. Um, now, I know that we did play Shakhtar twice last season before the winter break. Um, however, 
even even without that, I still think that this is a, a big improvement. I mean, we were drawing last season uh, during the um, first half of the season, you know, losses against teams that we really should be beating. I mean, you could even argue this season, especially with that match against Colos, that's a team that that's a match that we should be winning. But all things considered, top of the table, uh, point ahead of Shakhtar, um, you know, still considering things domestically. Um, we won the Super Cup against Shakhtar again, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, like I said, you know, I think that the season, not to go into the European review, but I think both European and domestically things started a little better than they finished. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this winter break, hoping to get things recalibrated. Like you said, getting some players like Bissett in some much needed fitness, um, you know, reintegrating the squad, things like that. Um, you know, maybe tinkering a little bit with tactics and things like that. But, um, you know, we saw basically sticking to a four, two, three, one, um, you know, high lines, high pressing, um, again, disappointingly in the last match of the season against Colos, we sat back a lot and had a, uh, too many people getting behind the ball, um, which again, like I mentioned in the past, there really aren't a whole lot of teams that we should be sitting back against. Um, you know, we need to press teams, stay on our feet and honestly just force them into our, into their own mistakes, um, and, and then just capitalize, um, so, you know, even though, like I said, especially at the end of the season, there were some questionable tactical setups, substitutions, um, managers appearing on the pitch, disappearing down the tunnel and then reappearing magically on the pitch again. Um, but um, but but again, overall, football's results driven. Right. And so, again, like I said, we're, we're top of the um, top of the league um, improvement from last season. So. Um, you know, all things said, you know, if I were rating it out of 10, I'd probably give it a, you know, seven and a half or an eight out of 10. Um, little bit of room for improvements and things I'd like to see differently, obviously. But overall, like I said, the, the results and in our current position speaks for itself. Definitely one of the better Dynamo seasons we've had compared to the last couple of years, uh, at least on the domestic front. Now on the European front, uh, Dima, how has Dinamo's uh, season back in the Champions League going? Or how, how did it go, I should say? Well, first of all, it was really a very good path, I think, to the Champions League. Um, you know, starting off with that 2-0 home victory against RZ. Um, it's a team that we probably wouldn't have got anywhere near with Michalichenko or um, Katskiewicz. Uh, it was, you know, a good performance and it was probably, um, you know, everyone took it as a sign of good things to come. And I guess um, so far it has been. But um, we went on to play against Ghent, um, which was a, I believe it was a 2-1 win away, a pretty yep. late win. Uh, and the home game, it was a three nil win, um, and not to, and not to, I, I don't want, I don't mean to, you know, go through each game individually because there have been quite many. But this one, this one was quite interesting because it was a three nil win, but Bouchan had so many saves to make. I mean, I think he played the match of his career then, and it, I, things could, I think, things could have gone 
pretty differently had our goalkeeper not performed so well. Um, but then we, I believe the first game was Juventus at home, was it not? And yeah, it was Juventus at home. It was... Actually, I believe I, I don't think going through the games individually is as bad as I thought it would be. So the home the, the home loss against Juventus, it was you know, it wasn't it wasn't the worst defeat given the the opposition, but it was a bit disappointing in the fact that we didn't really counter them, we didn't really offer that much going forward. The next match, I believe, was Ferenc Varos away. Now this one we in the first half, great performance went two 0 up, and in the second half it was the complete opposite because we conceded to um, some very strange goal, um, very poor positioning by Boyka, who we'll we'll get onto later in the episode and have already mentioned, and um, I think it was Bielsa who messed up the offside trap and gave away that second goal. And we had, obviously, the man sent off, um, Sergei Sidorchuk, the captain of the team. So that was a pretty disappointing game. Um, moving on to, in, in my eyes, though we didn't get even a point from this game, in my eyes, this was the best game we played in the Champions League. Barcelona away at the Camp Nou, and we, we, we lost 2-1, and the stats will... We'll say that Barcelona, yeah, it, it was it was a comfort, it was a comfortable enough win for them. They had many shots, and um, in one way, the goalkeeper Nishiret had the best game of his career, which isn't saying much because he hasn't played many games at all. But we had the, some amazing chances that I'm just I'm I'm just shocked we didn't put away, and it's very very disappointing not have done that. But we played some absolutely brilliant counter-attacking football that game. And from then, I thought that we could actually, you know, it would be a lot more comfortable at least come, uh, you qualifying for the Europa League. And I thought we could at least maybe sneak in a point versus Barcelona or Juventus at home. Um, but we lost that game 2-1. We had some brilliant chances, didn't put them away. Um and Barcelona, of course, took theirs. But the next game was also Barcelona, I believe, which was a 4-0 home defeat. And if, if the previous game against Barcelona was a bit of a, you know, it was disappointing not to at least get something from this, we just completely collapsed, um, I'd like to say. Um Against a considerably weaker Barcelona side as well. No Messi, yeah, no De Jong. Yeah. I think Griezmann was, was on the bench. That's something that I forgot to mention. The the game, the, the team we played against Barcelona away, it was so so weakened by the by COVID. We had, I don't even I don't even know how. Do you guys remember the the, the amount of plays that were out for that game? But it was just it was just amazing. All I remember is that we had so many guys out that the like the seventeen and sixteen year old keepers Ignatenko and Morhun were both on the bench. There was only like five subs total. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's bad when you have to play Shabanov, but hey, we his had... overlaps that game. Shabanov's overlaps yeah, no, yeah, but were we'll, we'll unreal. You know that was a good enough performance by him, but it was you know. 
when everyone expected him to get you know completely spun and his get his career finished by Messi, that didn't happen, luckily. But that's that's that game done. But in the next match, four nil home defeat against Barcelona, we had most of our players back, um, most of our starters back. That's that's one key thing. Barcelona played a few. They played Brathwaite, who had a, a, a shockingly good game against us, but that was. I feel like that was more because of how we played than because of because of him being good. But Barcelona started a few players, a few of them that I'd never even heard of. And I thought before the match, do you know what? I think we can get a result here. I I if we play like we did the we did against them, we'll we'll be able to at least draw this time. But no, we conceded. Was it but just before half time or just after? Just after. I think all four goals were in the second half. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we kept a clean sheet in the first half, and I thought, this isn't great, but it's not it's not awful. And then in the second half, we just completely capitulate, fall apart, and give away four goals. Now, the next match was similarly disappointing, should we say. Um, it was a 3-0 away defeat at Juventus, and I believe... I believe also we conceded just before or just after half time, and from that was just before. That was the Chiesa header. Well, I think. yeah, exactly, exactly. We conceded just before half time, and you know, it all just falls apart from then um, once again. And that was quite. That I'm saying this because you know it was quite a common trend, and we. What can I even say in terms of attacking? We should have had a penalty. Um, that's that's all. I that's. No, hang on. So Gunkov missed a good chance. Yep. We should have had a penalty. That's yes. all I can say in terms of attacking. So that what really wasn't that was quite disappointing in terms of us not counter-attacking. And Diego Longo, who, you know, I funnily enough, we've mentioned him leaving. He mentioned before the match that he's gonna they're gonna play some kind of open football and that they have nothing to lose. And from then on, I just knew. I just knew we were going to lose because we're going to go into the game with no plan whatsoever, nothing defensively, and and I was right. So that was quite a disappointing performance. And the last game, of course, we've we've done match reviews for I think most of these, um, but the last game, of course, was Ferenc Varos at home, and this was the point at which we could secure Europa League, and it was a pretty poor performance even though we won we really sat back in the first half and in my opinion we didn't have to do that um but we got the goal in the end uh from a set piece so yeah as, as, as scrappy as a win as you can probably imagine in the champions league and from then on we're in the europa league so to sum it up really it was a great achievement for me to actually get into the champions league given that we couldn't even get out of the Europa League group with the easiest Europa League group I've ever seen last season. So that was a good achievement. And, you know, along the way, we had a few poor performances. It was pretty, you know, pretty shaky defending, but how can I even say this? We're not a Champions League team. And from before we even, from before our group was even drawn, I knew that what I'm hoping for is a third place finish in the Europa League. And we got that. And I think that's what most people were expecting. Like, and that's a realistic target. So I guess you could say, you know, final, 
final result, we got what was expect broadly expected of the team. Um, some, you know, some there were some promising signs, but there were some disappointing defeats in that um, in the process as well. But if I were to rate the campaign, you know, purely because we qualified for the Champions League with the give or take the, the an identical team to what we had when we couldn't even get the Europa League. I think I will rate it six and a half because we only we didn't get many points. We we only won once and was it only four points we got? Because yeah, yeah. Right. four points. We only got four points, but you know, it's more than that. You know, it's some good money for the club um, that I know it won't get invested anywhere useful because we have Igor Sturkis in, in power, but, you know, it, it's good money that could be invested usefully. That's that's all I want to say. But, yeah, um, we qualified for the Champions League, uh, of which we got knocked out, but we got into the Europa League, which is what everyone expected. Earned some money along the way, six and a half rating for the European campaign for me. And hopefully we can go on a bit of a run although just one last thing if we just throw away the Europa League and focus on winning the title fine but yeah six and a half and hopefully hope maybe hopefully that rating will improve and we go on to the later stage but maybe anyway maybe maybe we'll just win the league and that'll be good enough for me but that's it for me about the European season we had a bunch of uh, some of our young guys also getting some good experience, like uh, Zabarnis. Uh, I don't know if Sorota actually played in Europe, but uh, Nasherat Popov. I don't think Sorota played. I don't, I don't think, think he did. did. I don't think he did. I think he. No, yeah, I don't think he did either. Um, okay, so that was the fall part of our season. Now we move ahead into the new year and we're in january which as many of you will know this is a big transfer window in european football um so we are going to play a little game we're gonna it's gonna be called keep sell loans so we're gonna go one by one through the entire first team roster and decide who to keep who to sell who to loan and we'll give them a quick uh player rating for their fall half of the season so eric we'll start with you uh keep seller loan Georgi Bushchan and your rating for Bushchan. Um, keep, sell, or loan. I would keep him. And for a rating for him for the season. Um, man, this is tough. Uh, I guess maybe six and a half. Um, I think that uh, he stepped up at times when we needed him. And I think other times when he was called upon, um, you know, at times was a little lacking, but I mean, I think overall, um, all things considered, he did a, he did a decent job for the most part, what was expected of him. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with a six and a half. And on to Nesheret. Dima, you're ready for Nesheret. Oh, and keep Solomon up, of course. Um, I would keep there's there's a good argument for maybe loaning him out so he can get you know time as an as an actual first choice keeper um then then rather than you know sitting on the bench of Dynamo but I I do think that he's good enough well I've, 
my my logic behind keeping him is that if something happens to Bushan, who is my number one, I'd be much, much, much more comfortable with Nishiret in goal than Boyko in goal. So that's just my um, opinion. In terms of rating, now it's 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 kind of it's difficult to rate him. Only you know, two really games. Thoroughly. A three, well, but he got well, a three, three games. So the first match, that was a solid nine out of ten performance and only a nine and not ten because we did he did concede twice and we did lose. But that was... You know, he saved whatever was humanly possible, I think. And it was just it was just an amazing display. Um, but the next match, unfortunately, and unfortunately against some very, very um against an, an opponent, I would rather he didn't do what he what he did. He conceded three goals and made a mistake that maybe he could have, you know, he could have done better on one of the goals. Um, it's a mistake that, you know, you, you wouldn't really want a keeper to make. But after his last match, you probably could have forgiven him. So that wasn't, but, you know, he did concede two, three pretty silly goals in the end. So it wasn't a good performance there. Last game, he played, what, half an hour against Mariupol? What was it, half an hour or something like that? And less than a half, less than a half. Even less, there we go, even less than half an hour. So he ended up getting sent off. But that's not, you know, when he got sent off, I wasn't like, oh, what's he doing? Why did you get sent off? I'm like, well, you know, he he's a goalkeeper. He His job is to prevent goals and he prevented a goal. So overall, if we're going to do like an average of the three, I think it would be like something like a five and a half for a season rating. And I would I would keep him. And what would you guys would you guys agree? Yeah, I think that's fair. You, like you said, you can make the argument that he should be the starter now. You so, um, Eric, do you have anything else to add on the Sheret? No, I totally agree. I think that for the you know that match against Barcelona was just incredible from him. I mean, he played out of his mind. Um, that was so much fun to watch, and I was very proud of the performance that he had. Um, you know, after that, went a little downhill after that. I mean, the, the Arjen Dupal game was not his fault. Um, again, we talked about that in the past, but, you know, that was 100% not on him. When when you have your center back running into the opposition's penalty area um, and leaving a huge hole that any one of us could run into and score, um, I mean, there's only so much as a keeper that you can do with that. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I agree, and I also agree that I would rather him be the um, be coming on in case something happens to Bouchon rather than uh, Boyko. Uh, next, the final goalkeeper is Boyko. I mean, only played against Ferencvaros. Wasn't his best performance. I would probably go sell Boyko. Just good servant of the club and Ukrainian football as a whole, but I, I think it's time for him um, to part ways with Dynamo. I don't think that's too controversial of a take. Um, moving on to the defenders. Hang on, I just wanted oh, yeah. to say um, I would agree with selling him. Um, and the main reason is his wages are just just amazing. Um, one of the highest wages in the club, and that is nowhere near proportional to his ability anymore. And um, he maybe some people don't know this, but he is Dinama through and through. He's an academy product. He was born in the city. Um, and, you know, 
thanks for everything he did, even though his best years obviously weren't at Dinamo. He has been pretty erratic, to say the least, at Dinamo. Um, but yeah, time time to go. It's time to go for him. Maybe hopefully has a future at, after he retires as a goalkeeping coach somewhere in the Dinamo system. Um, yeah, no, I, no, thank you. I'm sorry, but no, thank you. <laughs> Some of the goals he can see for us. No, thank you. I don't really want to see our uh, young goalkeepers turning out Unless like you- the Dinamo game version of Boyka. But if he comes at like the Nipro version, I think that's something we can all agree on. Still not entirely good enough for me, but that's a, that is an upgrade um, of the Dinamo version. But yeah, fair enough. Uh, on to Dennis Popov. Uh, Eric, keep, sell, or loan Popov and you're rating for him. So this is an interesting one. Um, as of right now, I would keep him. Um, if we did make a signing um you know obviously we've got uh well we'll talk about him in a minute but Borda is supposed to be coming back uh relatively soon if we did make a signing um you know obviously it's not going to be Dragovic but like a Dragovic who's an experienced um older stalwart defender I would honestly be okay with loaning him out um we talked about this in prior podcasts where um, you know, they kind of viewed him as, um, you know, the golden child of, of Dinamo who could do no wrong. Um, I do think that he is a solid defender. I think that he's got a lot more developing to do. Um, I don't think erratic is the quite the right word to describe it, but he does make similar mistakes. Maybe repeatedly. A, bit, a bit rash, maybe. Is that the right term? Rash. Yeah. I think that he's just inexperienced and I think that he hasn't been, you know, kind of like we said, I don't know what the discipline has been like for him, even if there has been any at all. Um, So I think that, you know, potentially getting out to another club, um, if we did get someone in um, would be beneficial for him, but, you know, look, he's a solid defender. He just, some of these mistakes that he makes, I mean, you know, talk about a bull in a China shop, but like, he just some of the time, like you said, he can be a little bit rash and just overly aggressive and honestly, like a little clumsy um, needs to work at time. I mean, some of the times we watch him play out of trouble in the back and it's so impressive that I've watched him several times dribble, even dribble up to midfield and join an attack. And then other times, like I mentioned as well, he plays these passes that's not quite a clearance, but not quite a pass. And he overcooks it past his teammates and the opposition intercepts it. So, like I said, I'm kind of torn on this just because I do think that he's a capable defender. I do think that he's got, you know, he he, he can get a lot better. And I really hope that he does. Um, but I think that for me, part of it's going to hinge upon what we do at the back with um, like I said, an experienced signing. Um, but as of things stand right now, I would keep him and I would probably give him a rating of maybe like a six or a, uh, yeah, I was going to say six, six and a half. We'll probably just go with a six just because for the most part, he's done a pretty solid job, especially domestically. Um, but he, he's got to work on some of these, um, like I said, some of these errors, especially like they're similar errors that he makes repeatedly. Definitely the future of the Dinamo backline. Uh, on to Burda. Do you, I don't, oh, sorry. Do you guys agree? Do you guys agree? Yeah, I, I agree because um, 
we I think everyone can see how talented he is. I mean, if anyone watched him play at the U20 World Cup, besides that little silly uh, second yellow card in the semifinal against Italy, you know, he was overall a piece. And I think he might have been Ukraine's leading goal scorer, well, or at least up there. So he was he definitely had a really good uh, U20 World Cup, which I don't know if that's saying much, but um, you, you, you see you could see the talent there. I think that's there's no doubt about it. But um, what this is only also his only really second season at first team level football. So maybe needs some extra time, be that at the Namo or a, another club, maybe at a good mid table Italian side where he could learn to defend. Uh, that'd be a good spot for him. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I agree. If I think the best is to keep him, but maybe a six month or even to a year loan would not be the worst thing for him. I just wanted to say, I agree with keeping him for now, but as it stands, I think he's good enough for the UPL, even though even there he can be pretty rash and make some pretty silly mistakes. But I don't think he's good enough for the Champions League just yet. That's just that's just my take on it. I think that's fair. Uh, on to Burda. And real quick, I just want to mention Burda. I don't think there's, any, there's, no, there's no rating you can give him because he only played a few, a few minutes in a friendly against Colas before he got hurt again. Um, I, Hang on, did anyone give a rating for Popov? I didn't hear. I think Eric did. Yeah, I said six. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to say my rating. I, 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 I didn't. <laughs> Mine was also six, but I, I completely blanked out on that. Um, no problem. Uh, so Burda, uh, I would keep him because I think we all know his quality as a center back. Just he has to stay fit. I think he deserves at least a shot in the spring to get some fitness back and maybe in the summer get back into the starting 11. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with at least giving Burda a, really a second chance when he comes back from injury. Or not a second chance, but another chance when he comes back from injury. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that when he's healthy, he's our best defender, honestly. Um, I think that you know, he's someone that the young defenders can learn from. Um, I mean, you pretty much hit it on the nose. I mean, his biggest problem, honestly, unfortunately, is is he's very injury prone. Um, so I, I, I am really hoping that, you know, this is the last time that we see this and, and, and he can stay healthy for a while. I mean, he's not he's I think I think he got transfer marked up here. I thought that he was in his mid 20s and it's shown he's 25 years old. So, I mean, he he's not like he's anywhere near being old or anything like that. Um, but still has but plenty of time for sure. For sure. And I think that I'd like to see him get integrated. Um, like you said, get a chance to, you know, earn his spot back and things like that. Because I do think that, you know, if you have all of our defenders are perfectly healthy, clean bills of health, no fitness issues. I do think that he's our strongest and most capable defender. Uh, so, Who's next? Oh, Shabanov. How can I forget the uh, glorious left-back Artem Shabanov? Uh, Eric, oh no, Dima, sorry. Uh, keep seller loan Shabanov, and what would your rating for Artem Shabanov be? Um, well, in terms of his performances this season, I think he was, I don't know, I, I won't say that they were great, but he was entertaining enough when he played with his funny overlapping runs down the left. We can all agree that that was, that brought some entertainment to us all, but I, I'm sorry to say, I don't think he's, he's just, I don't just, I just don't think he's good enough even to be um, a backup. And the, the main, 
the main issue at hand is just his consistency of or, or lack thereof. Um, and I, you know, it's been said already that the club's looking for a new club, maybe in Poland. And rating-wise, I guess he only played twice this season, am I right? And against Barcelona, you know, yeah, he kind of he we have to <laughs> he was up against Lionel Messi and he did a very good job, I think. Um was decent enough attacking wise. Um, funnily enough. Um against Shakhtar, he was just getting spun and you know, he he's just not far he wasn't fast enough to keep up with whoever they had on the wing, but that's you know, that's not him being a bad player. It's just him. It's just him, him physically and his genetics, which he, which he can't change. So in terms of performances, I'll give him a... He, he hasn't been... It's clear what Chieska doesn't rate him at all because he only played when things got really, 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 really tough. Um, like, even Kinjora was getting trusted to play at centre-back over Shabanov. And... You know, he only sent it to the team when it was literally, he was literally the last choice, when he was literally the last resort. And that says it all, really. And he he did, he, he stepped into the, into the team when, when needed. Um, so I'll give him like a six and a half because we, both the games he, we played and we lost and he is part of the defence then, but I don't think he was especially bad. But six and a half and sell for me. Do you guys agree? I think that's fair. I mean, for when he was called upon, he did really well. Um, but I think if you would want Dinamo to at least get back to being year in and year out competing for Ukrainian Cup, for Ukrainian Premier League, and a minimum getting to the, maybe the deep into the Europa League or knockout stages of the Champions League, I don't think Artem Shabanov is that defender who's going to get you there. Um, I could be wrong, but that's that's just what that's just what I see at least. Um, Who's next? Ilya Zabarni, uh, the young 18-year-old. Eric, keep, loan, or sell Zabarni, and your rating for him. So, so Zabarni, I would definitely keep. Um, you know, he's been a bit of a revelation this summer, or this, this season. Um, I mean, really, really, it was the meteoric rise. Um, and, you know, when he's on his game, we've talked about this previously. It's like, he doesn't care who he's playing against. Um, and, and I, I really enjoy that mentality. Um, I think that, um, majority of the season, he's looked pretty solid again. I mean, he's young at times he makes some dumb, dumb mistakes. Um, which will happen, which will happen. At yeah, that age. Of course. Of course. Um, I mean, it was kind of trial by fire, you know, with the Champions League and, and stuff like that with matches that he was, you know, going up against uh, teams like Juventus and Barcelona, even though both of those teams are could argue are having down years, especially Barcelona this season. But um, but still, I mean, those are big clubs. They've got quality players in their sides. Um but um, but yeah, I mean, I would say I would argue that um, next to Burda, he's probably Zabarni is for me the most well-rounded of our uh, center backs. I think that um, you know Popov is very aggressive, very physical. I think that Sirota is a very good ball distributor, and I think that if you look at Zabarni, I mean, I, you can't call him elegant yet, but I do think that he has some of those 
features about him um, that, you know, he's just fun to watch. Um, and I think that, you know, he's the one that I, that I see out of the, you know, the, the couple of, or the, the three young defenders that we have right now that I 100% would keep. I would not send him out. Um, he, he's definitely the one, if it came down to choosing with the other ones that we have, I, I'd be keeping him. Um, you know, in terms of a rating for thus far through the season, I'd think probably a six and a half. Um, I think that, again, overall, he's been pretty solid. Um, I think he's done a little bit better than Popov, um, a little bit more consistent. But at the same time, again, I think that he is in need um, of an experienced center back, almost like as a mentor to um you know, just to walk him through situational things and, and stuff like that and and just help him to to grow as a player. Um, but I, I I like him a lot. What uh what do you two think? I I agree with keeping him for now. Um I think I definitely agree with your wise that he's been a bit of a revelation because you know a few well not even a few but a few I was going to say a few years ago, but a few months ago, even most people didn't really know who he was. And, you know, the way he stepped into this team, I guess, which is called, if I'm not wrong, he played him in a few friendlies. And um, I think that's when he was impressed by him. And from then on, it's just been upwards and upwards. And, you know, he went from playing in the under 19 league to the under 21 league to slowly becoming a starter at Dynamo to starting for Ukraine, starting in the Champions League, and it's just been a meteoric rise for him, really, in terms of, um, you know, what level he's played at. And I I do, I definitely think he's been the most consistent defender because he's not made any, I don't think he's given away any penalties. I can't remember anything like that, which you can't say about before his partner. Um, he got a red, he got was it one red card he has? It was only one against Forsko. And that wasn't and even and even that wasn't a red card. Um, oh, that was the Zona Fabergé, I remember that. No, the Zona Fabergé um area incident was I don't not deserving of a red card. So you, I can't really, you know, mark him down for that. Um but for me, it's just he has a few things in this game where he a few times, particularly in the Champions League and in even in the EPL, we've conceded a few goals where the ball comes in and instead of watching who's in the box, who he's supposed to be marking, he's just he's just nowhere to be seen, just staring at the ball. And that's really something that, you know, that can't keep happening. Um, but, you know, he's only, we'll, for, for now, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, he's only young. There's, there's time to red, eradicate that from his game. But yeah, for now, keep him. But if we get a a player who, with all due respect, is stronger than him currently and is more experienced, um, and who'll come into the team, then actually maybe loan him. But that's you know, it, that's that's not happening now, and we're definitely going to the first uh, few friendly matches without any new signings. Um, uh, yeah, for me, keep for now. And I'll give him a seven. Uh, on to the next defender, young defender as well, Alexander Sirota. P- probably the best ball distributor that 
Dinamo has as a center back. I mean, if you look at, I believe it's Depena's goal technically at the back end of last season uh, against Shakhtar. I mean, that is very Yaroslav Rakitsky-esque with that ball out of the back, long ball over the uh, over the opposing back four. Um, if you play him, I would say keep 100% because I think especially in those UPL games against lesser teams outside of really Shakhtar where we won't really be outplayed. Um, I, th- I really want someone who can play out of the back, maybe unlock, you know, opposing teams midfield, try to be breaking lines with passes. But if you're not going to play him, then he's got to get loaned, in my opinion, because you, everyone, it's another one. You could see the talents there, kind of like when that's Chiret, but if you're not going to play him, there's no really purpose in having him on the roster. Um, he hasn't played a ton this year. I think when he has, he's been all right. I might just go with the standard six just because I can't really remember when he has played and when he hasn't. I think he played against Ruch, I think. But otherwise, he's he's solid. Great out of the back. Again, another young one um, who has still plenty of time and plenty of room to grow. Uh, what about you guys? What do you think for uh, Sirata? Keep or sell or loan? Um, I... Yeah, I mean, if if this continues at this point, I would say loan because I mean he needs to get more time and he needs to get more minutes. I, I just the thing is like if if you think about it though, so you know if Buruda comes back healthy and if we're still looking to bring in an experienced center back, we're gonna have five center backs in our team with Buruda, whoever this person is that we sign, Serota, Zabarni, and Popov. I mean that's a lot. So. I mean, I would say probably two of those people would need to be loaned out. So, you know, if that were to happen, Zabarni for me would be the one that I would keep um, and loan out the other two. But I agree that he's our best ball distributor. I mean, we, we've all talked about this in the past. We've said that many times, but, um, but yeah. And on to the fullbacks. I just want to mention uh, Volodymyr Kostevich real quick. I, has he even played in a friendly for Dinamo yet? Let alone an no. actual game. Yeah. Um, I'm I don't think it's fair to give him I don't think it's fair to give him a judgment. He's not uh, good enough. Listen, I would he's, let, he's, I would he's flat I, out not good enough. I would at yeah, least no, he, to, hasn't, he hasn't played a single game for us and I sell for me just sell. I would at least want to see him once. Just just once, just to say, okay, at least he's played, he's had a chance. No, thank you. For me, no thank you. No risk I'm willing to take. Um so yeah, we're obviously not gonna rate Kostevich because we don't we don't know what he provides. He did so if if you go a few years back, he did score an absolute banger of a goal. I think for Karpata against Hoverla Ushorod, maybe. This is like this is going way back UPL. Um, this is maybe like 2013 or 2014 on YouTube somewhere if you can if you can find it. Well, maybe uh, we can give him back to Carpate if they want, maybe for free if if they well, can give him the high enough wages as a nice present. Well, um, I mean, if Carpate can afford Kostevich's wages, I think they would use that money for some other things at the minute right now. I think they have some bigger problems outside of uh getting a, a old left back who used to play for them. Uh, Seed Clay, I don't know if you guys want to talk about Seed Clay, who's technically back, and maybe just see what Luchescu's role, what do what, what Luchescu wants to do with him. Unless you guys have something to say about Seed Clay, real quick. I just wanted to say, 
I, I think I would keep him. I don't think he's the best player uh, we've ever seen at the club. Um, but he, he has some parts of his game that we don't see in, say, Nikolinka or let alone Kostievich. Um, but, I mean, we, we you can't have one. You can't just have one left back that we, you know, you play every match, and if he gets injured, Shabana has to play. You know, that's not that's not good enough. But Sid Clay, when I say keep him, I don't mean yes, keep him, and he needs to be starting every game without. I mean, keep him, and he can he can be on the bench, and he can step into the first team when needed. Because I don't I don't think he's a bad player, but he's not he he's not good enough to start. But maybe he is. Maybe under Lucheski, he'll he'll prove me wrong. But, maybe, yeah. maybe just an option for the spring and can get someone else in the summer. Maybe Vivcharenko can finally come into the first team for once. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, yes. That's who needs to be the backup left back. Like, I, okay, let's let's take him back. Let's see what happens for these six months. And if he ends up being a revelation and he can he can do a job for us to give Mikolenka a rest and stuff like that, fine, fine. But anything outside of that, it should be Vivcharenko. Um, yeah, if he, if he comes into the team and he's the left-footed Marajuk, then that's that should be it. That should be the end of him. But you know, if he comes in and he shows at least something, then maybe maybe keep him just as a backup. But keep in mind too, he would actually be the third choice left back because we do have Karavayev as the backup left back currently. Brilliant. How how could I forget about that world-class right-footed left back? I have no comment. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, if Seed uh, Clay is going to be the left-footed Morozuk, at least he'll get a chip in with some set pieces, at least from time to time. Uh, who? Uh, Mikolenko. So the first left-back will actually give a rating to. Uh, Dima, uh, keep, sell, or loan Mikolenko. And what would be your rating for him? From, from, a, from the point of view that if we get a good enough offer, then yeah, he can go, but you know, with don't. But for me, yeah, keep him because he's one of the best players. Even though I don't think he's been solid at all recently, if I'm honest. But for me, keep. Um, he's made when he came into the team um, a few years ago, and not many people knew who he was. When I think his competitors were Sid Clay and Bivaric, and Bivaric got injured, and there was Sid Clay, but. He ended up playing over Sid Clay. And when he started playing, everyone had just completely forgotten about the, the other two. And that's how good he is. And, you know, he has, you know, very good potential. He's always running uh, great stamina, good offensively, good def- uh, defensively, great energy. Um, and one thing about this season, he's he's been... One thing that's really not helped this season is him playing, you know... One game at left back, one game at centre back, then again left back, then again centre back. That's really not helped. But he's been decent enough in both positions. But yeah, for me, that's all I can say in terms of reviewing him as a player in this season. Keep him and rating. I think he's chipped in with a few assists, hasn't he? I don't remember any explicit match, but I'm pretty sure I remember him 
he chipped in he chipped in with the goal line clearance from Superiaha. No, he did set he did set that one up. He did set what that one up to be fair. But yeah, if if no one has the numbers, it's fine. But yeah, seven out of ten for me. And I keep what about you? I totally agree. I think um, you know, if an offer came in for him even now. I'd be open to accepting it, but honestly, I'd probably want to negotiate in a loan back clause for six months, just because that's going to give us a considerable hole at left back. And I don't, I'm not confident that we would be able to find a suitable replacement for him on such short notice. Um, so either in the summer or like I said now, but it, as long as we could get a loan back clause in, honestly, I'd be open to it. I think it's going to be good for him and it could pave the way for, um, you know, someone like Vivchadenko to come in and, um, work his way up to getting some first team football, but, um, but, but yeah. And, and, you know, the other point you mentioned obviously is spot on about this center back left bag bull crap that we got to deal with that just, there's no need for it. Like, that's the thing is like there, there is not a situation that has come up where there has been a need for it. Like we saw in that match against Colos that I'm not going to go into again and get my blood pressure up. But um, I mean, that just, that takes away from his, um, I'm trying to think tactical familiarity, I guess, for lack of a better term. But, I mean, it doesn't help when he's, like you said, flip-flopping every other match between those two. Um, but And on to the next player, who is Dinamo's uh, best left back, who happens to also be right-footed, uh, Alexander Karavayev. Uh, Eric, keep, loan, or sell Karavayev, and you're rating for our left back. I mean, right back, or is he left back? Is he right back? He can do both. Who the who the who the hell knows? I mean, I, I still like I said, I still can't get over the substitutions in that Colo smash. I mean, just absolutely unbelievable. Um, you know, to answer it quickly, I'd sell him and I'd probably give him a five out of ten. Um, I think that we have not seen from him again something we've talked about in the past. We have not seen the form that we saw from him at Zoria. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know. Team Chick is supposed to be when is when is he due back? Relatively soon. He's already back. He's fully recovered from his he's injury. Back. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I think that if you take a look at if you take a look at the way, like on paper, um, Kadavayev should be better going forward than Kenziora based upon his player attributes and and what he's done in the past with the fact that he's really a natural winger. Um but we haven't even seen, you know, uh, decent performances from him going forward. And I know that, again, similar point to what we previously stated about him playing left back too, I'm sure is not helping. But, you know, we have not seen the Karavayev of old at Dinamo. It just, it has not been working out. Um, and I think that the best right back that we have right now is Kenziora. Um, and again, you know, someone like Dimchik is someone that I think is, um, has got some potential. Someone I'd like to see get some more minutes. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, I, I just, yeah, I mean, feel free to obviously disagree and, and, and whatnot, but for me, I just don't see a spot for him. I don't see a need for him. I, I, I think that it's time to move on. I think with kind of, I think we have plenty of people back there. I mean, Kionzora is obviously 
the best right back. Tim Chick, I think, is within a shot of starting. And then there's even the young kid, Skorko, who's been on the bench a couple of times, who I don't think I, I don't think I would be terribly against seeing him get a couple of minutes in the spring uh, part of the season. But definitely at uh, the latest in the summer, I'd want to see him uh, get some minutes. Uh, on to Kionzora. Tomasz Kionzora. Um, I don't know. I would keep him because I think we all see he is a good fullback. But I think it's another one if we get a deal that are, that is a good deal that works for us. Um, I'm not inherently against selling him because I think Timchek is a good right back. Um, Karavayev can do it if really need be. And like I said, there's also Skorkov from the academy who can fill in at that position. Um, Kionzora, I would say a six. I don't think he's actually been that bad. Maybe just slightly above average, maybe a seven in that range. Um, on to Timchik. I don't know if we can really rate Tim Chick because I think we'd all keep him. Um, but I think we see the talent is there. Another one. Um, but I don't, I don't do what Tim Chick only played against Olympic. I think he got in her in that first game of the season, right? He played, he played against Olympic. He played in the super cup and he played against Tisna and then he got injured. against Tisna. That, that was the game he got hurt that, against. Destin. I don't, I don't remember whether he played another game. I think that was just the three, but, that's all I remember for him to be quite honest with you. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Um, either way, I don't think yeah, it's he, enough. To... I just wanted to say he seemed like he, he most of his game was paint, and I and that's that's not actually a bad thing because Karavayev, yeah, he has pace, but he doesn't. He, he uses he gets into positions and he just passes backwards, so that's just wasting his pace, and that's you know what good is that? And then Kinjora just. He does not have taste. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's just something I want to say that, you know, that's something that we've been lacking um, at the right back position, you know, a, far, a fast player. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he's got a lot of time to improve. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of pundits have said that, you know, they're quite impressed with his progress. So, you know, I, I'd keep him. So on to the midfielders now, real quick, before we get into a lot of the midfielders that have actually played, um, I don't, I want to just start with Bielutsa real quick, because if we're not going to play him, there's no sense to keep him. Like they put him, I wouldn't, I'm not even going to give him a rating because boy, he played eight. Oh, I think we talked about this once, eight minutes, something yeah, ridiculous he's, like that. He's, he's, he's played less than 10 minutes. Yeah. And, like, I don't think – I think there's a player in there because, I mean, a club like Brighton in the Premier League who usually do very good business, I, I think there's obviously a player there. But I I don't know – I don't think – see the sense if you don't play, why keep him on your wage bill when you could make room for someone like a Jakic, you know, from Dinamo Zagreb or even maybe pull someone up from the academy. Um, unless you guys have anything else to add real quick. Um, I want to say, even if he's played eight minutes, yet he did actually manage to cost us one goal in the Champions League. So that's that's not entirely his fault because he doesn't. He, he's getting no minutes at all. But I just, I just wanted to say one thing. He was brought in as a backup, obviously, um, to Sudarchuk. But when Sudarchuk wasn't available, Andreevsky and Shevin and the garbage played. If he, if he can't get into the team over those players, then what? How good can he really be? Because for, to me, that says he's no good. So there's not an option to buy him. And even if we did, I wouldn't buy him. And 
he's not even our player and he's going to go so I wouldn't extend the loan so yeah it's not selling it's just getting rid of and not you know renewing his loan to me and I can't again sorry one last thing you can't rate him because he's he's not played yeah I think that's I think that's all fair so we're going to start with the midfielders um that have played games uh Eric, we'll go to the club captain, Sergi Sidorchuk. Uh, keep seller loan and your rating for him. So one of a couple players who has enjoyed a bit of a revival under Luchescu. Um, uh, yeah, he, he's, looked, he's looked solid this season overall. Um, I think he has let us down, as we've talked about in some big matches. Um, the first match against Ferenc Varos, um, league match against uh, Shakhtar. Um, you know, unfortunately, some poor challenges. I think the one in uh, Ferenc Varos, um, you know, the first yellow card that he got was not a yellow card. But like we talked about, it doesn't matter at that point. You're on a yellow. You need to be careful. Um, we can't have our captain be getting sent off in um a, a very important Champions League match. Um, and then the one in Shakhtar, as we talked about, was a challenge, unfortunately, that he had to make just because we had some players fall asleep and all were marking the same person. And then it was up to him. Otherwise, what's his name? Um, whoever that pace merchant is. Um, what's his name? Why am I blanking on his name? From, from who? From Shakhtar? Yeah, it's like Korn something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, in all seriousness, though, hope, hope he's okay. I mean, I know that wasn't a that was a bit of a scary injury for him, it didn't look that bad when we saw it. But, um, at any rate, it was a tackle that he had to make, just got it all wrong, unfortunately. Um, and um, we got sent off in that. And like I said, we ended, we ended up getting beat, um, three nil by FC Wax Tap, which is very frustrating. Um, but like I said, I mean, he's at the beginning of the season, especially um, he looked solid. Um, I mean, he looked as good as he had in, in some of his earlier years at Dinamo. Um, you know, at times comfortable playing out of trouble. Um, nice job staying back and helping out defensively. Um, decent ball distribution and passing. Um, you know, I mean, he's never been a selfish player. He's I think he's someone that. Um, I mean, you know, gets along well with his teammates he is good. Fine. I mean, we know that, but I mean, he just, um, he's just a good team player, which I really appreciate very high work rate. Um, and like I said, he's, he's really helped the team out a lot this year with his, or this season so far with his performances. So for him, I'd probably give him a, um, you know, maybe like a six and a half, um, you know, there's still some things that have gone on. Like I said, some of those red cards at times, um, you know, unfortunately he's not going to change as a player in that aspect, but I do think that he's much improved compared to previous seasons. I think that's uh, very fair. Um, hopefully we see continued uh, good performances from the captain in the spring. Now, Dima, I know you're heartbroken. We won't be going to depth on Mohamed Kadiri, um, but I'll make it up for you. You got it. How, would you keep, sell, or loan Shepelev and your rating for him? Yes. Shepelev. I 
first thing I would do if I was the manager, I would put Shapilev on a five-year contract, give him a, giving him a new five-year contract on the highest wages that he wants. No, seriously, seriously, all jokes aside, it it's it's for me, it's just time to go. It's time to go because I think he's a good person. I think you showed promise pretty early on in his career, but for me, his get his overall game, he just doesn't stand out for me in any aspect at all. I don't think he's good enough defensively to be a defensive midfielder. He's not he's not good attacking wise, so he can't be an attacking midfielder. His passing range is really, really, really limited. And so just his distribution is just is very, very poor for a central midfield. So I just don't understand what whenever he plays, it's just what role is he playing? It is it's just a mystery. It's an absolute mystery to me. And I feel like we've got better backups. He's, it goes without saying, I don't think he's good enough to start. And I think that we've even got better backups. So for me, if we somehow manage to get some money for him, sell. Sell for me. Solid, solid answer there. Um, and for player rating, I don't think he's... He's not been... When I say like... When I say all that, it's not like he's, you know... Every time he plays, he's costing goals and he's, you know, getting red cards. And even though he did get a red card in his last match, it's not like that's, it's not like it happens every match. And it's not like he's, you know, absolutely useless in attack, but it's just, he's just not good enough for me overall. And if I were to rate him, I'll just five. He's, for me, five is just, is just the shape bill of number. He is a five out of ten player, bang average. He's so five out of ten and sell for me. And it's not, it's nothing personal. I'd love to see him succeed, but for just like two or two and a half seasons now, he's just showed me absolutely nothing. So yeah, for me, it's, it's time to go. So uh Bujalski. So we'll do Vitali Bujalski next. Uh Eric. Keep, sell, or loan Bujalski and your rating for him. Sell. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> uh, no, to um, to quote Dima, he has made that number 10 role his own, and I totally agree. Um, he has been – I mean, you know, we talk about players being revived. We'll get to Sheparenka in a minute, but Bujalski has been phenomenal this season, and I think that one of the things that truly speaks to how good he is – is what we look like when he is not on the pitch and when he's injured, because we have zero creativity. And, you know, we could argue someone like Lyadnev could potentially change that. We haven't seen him really get a chance in that aspect yet. But again, Bujalski is a, just a well-rounded, solid creator, comfortable, comfortable on the ball, um, team player, you know, good passer, makes good runs, intelligent, uh, intelligent kid, um, and yeah, I mean, like I said, we see what it's like when, when he's not on the pitch, which is not a good thing because we need to have someone that can fill those shoes at least somewhat adequately, but you know, yeah, that's another argument, but, um, yeah, he consistent performer too. I mean, he, he is involved in just about everything. I would say between him and Sheparenko, pretty much everything from uh attacking wise goes through the two of them um and 
yeah, I, I can't wait for him to get back. I can't wait for him to get healthy. Um, we we really need him back in the side. So for I mean for him, I'd probably give him a um, maybe a seven and a half um, or so, maybe even an eight. Um, but yeah, he's just yeah, he, he's the real deal. I, I I really enjoy watching him play. I think that he is an exceptional number ten for us. No, I'm done fanboying now. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, on to the next midfielder is Mikola Shaparenko. Uh, in my opinion, probably the most improved player just because he actually gets game time now under Luchescu. And, I mean, you just see it when he plays. He's just so naturally gifted in the way he dribbles, can take on, just glide uh, past defenders. And with Bujalski probably the most important partnership in terms of players playing together uh, we have in our team. Uh, obviously, keep Shaparenko, of course. Um, rating, maybe a seven, maybe an eight. I would go eight because I think compared to how he's played recently, he's just almost like you would imagine, like some of the way he played in the, cha- some of the games he played in the Champions League, you would think he's been playing consistently for a few years, but I don't even know how many games he played last year if he, you know, so I think for the fact that not really playing too consistently coming back into this, into the side, being able to get minutes, get it, get a few goals, get a few assists, really be the engine room of that team. He's all over the place at times as well. I mean, against Colos, he was just at, even down to 10 men, just working really hard. Um, definitely someone who's really, it's really nice to see him uh, back performing at a high level again. Um, you guys have anything else to add on Shaparenko or? I just want to say one thing about Shaparenko is the one thing I can say about him that I can't say for nearly the whole other squad, um, minus a few players, minus Bujarski, for example, who we just covered, is that I think he's a Champions League quality of player. Like, if we're going to be a team that, you know, plays week in, week out, well, not week in, week out, but plays every season in the Champions League. I think that he is one of the players that are good enough to do that. And I think that, you know, when I say that, I'm not saying, you know, he's like Xavi or Iniesta or something like that, but I, I think that he is truly good enough for that kind of level. And I think he definitely showed that. And if he had a few better teammates, I think that he would really, really be a star. But yeah, love the guy. Keep him. And I wouldn't go as high as an eight because I don't think he's it's not exactly his role because of what you know what position he plays, but it's not like he's you know scoring and assisting every match. So though obviously he ha- he has scored and assisted, but yeah, for me, seven and a half and keep. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um again, him and Bujalski for me on days when the team plays like garbage, I think that those two always stand out as not playing at the level of the team. And what I mean by that is like, if we're garbage as a whole, and most of our players are garbage for me, those two consistently are not garbage. They, they put in solid, consistent performances. Obviously some matches are better than other than others, but I mean, I can't remember a match this so far this season where either one of them, and again, this time focusing on Shaparenko, was bad. Um, you know, like I said, or like Alex had mentioned, I mean, we, we've talked about this. He's the engine of the team. Um, very much improved. Um, 
yeah, just a lot of fun to watch. And and I agree, he is a Champions League player. Um, I would say he's probably even better than Xavi or Iniesta. I just wanted to say, I know my bit is kind of up, you know, my part on Shaparenka, but I just wanted to say uh, one quick last thing is that last season, and even as, as far back as, you know, the end of 2018-19 season, people had kind of written him off. You know, you were hearing all these things about he's lazy, he's not good enough, he doesn't work hard, he's fallen out of love with football and stuff like that. And he was playing with the under-21s. Um, and, yeah, so that's, just, you know, his, his kind of form this season and his like revival has been just amazing for me but yeah sorry to keep fanboying over him but yeah um i think he's definitely a player that we we've got to build um our team around but i, I promise no more in Shaparenka. well in fairness all i'm gonna say is that it'd be pretty hard to stay motivated if alexander Hatskevich was my coach just just gonna put that out there no disrespect intended but um, we, we, we know what Kaskevich's level as a coach, and I don't think Dynamo is his level. Um, Eric, I think you're next, or is it Dima? Um, I, yeah, I think, no, I think it's Dima, actually. Uh, Lenyev, uh, Dima, keep, sell, or loan Bogdan Lenyev, and you're rating for him. It's kind of difficult because he's not played. He's, he started, what, once this season? Um, and he's really not played much apart from that, you know, coming on, coming off the bench, you know, with five minutes ago or something like that, half, most of the time. And, you know, there was that one match against Borussia where he came off the bench and he actually impressed. And that's probably an indicator of how good he is and obviously how good he was at Serie A. But I just, I don't see a, a role for him in this team because... He's not better than Sagankov and he's not better than Boyarski. But for me, he absolutely needs to be the, the second choice and number 10. And I mean, it's diff- it's 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 kind of difficult to choose between keep or loan because it's not really much good for him if he's just, you know, just getting five, five or ten minutes every match, never starting. But I would keep him because I think that when Bujalski needs a rest, he needs to be the player that comes into the team. And it's kind of difficult to give him a rating because there was that one match where he got subbed off at halftime against Lviv. Exactly. When he, not only he, of course, but he was pretty terrible. He deserved to come off, but the rest of the time, when he comes on, he's been kind of a bright spark in the team, which makes me wonder how players like no, I'm not no need to single anyone out, but how certain players should we say um, are starting week in week out over him? When especially given Boyarski, um wasn't always um, available, but yeah, keep and to rate him. It's so difficult because there was that really poor match he had, but that's since then he's really been written off and not been given a proper chance. But I guess I'll just give him a five and a half out of ten. But I think that's fair. Uh, On to the last midfielder, uh, Dennis Garmash. Uh, Eric, keep, sell, or loan Garmash, and you're rating for him. 
So, hang on one sec. Someone's ringing my apartment door. I just want to mention this real quick about Hadamash before Eric gets off. Garmash gets a uh, play of the year. Oh, Eric, I was just saying, Garmash gets play of the year for that play against Borislav where the ball went under his foot in like the 90th minute. Where if you if you have time, go. It, the game was on Dinamo's YouTube channel, so you can um, you can watch that. We see the ball just go under his foot for no reason. Best play of the season by far. I can just I can just sum it up a bit more in that he. The, he was just wide open in the midfield and the ball was played to him and he was just sleepwalking completely. He kind of lifted his foot up to like as a reflex, I guess, to try and get the ball and it just went right under his foot, just went right through, which was like, frustrating but funny, should we say. And I, I think the fact that we were already up 2-0 at that point, I think you'll get half a pass on that. With that I say I'll enjoy it yeah. more than anything. Yeah. And I, th I think given Eric's having technical difficulties or whatever he's having, I think I, I can, I'll give my rating and then Eric can, I'll give my opinion and Eric can give his, if, if, if that's okay with you. What, I'm sorry, what are we doing? I've, I was just going to say, if I would give my opinion on Garmash and then you. Would as um, oh yeah yeah that's okay. yeah that's fine. I just I I just I just do have a few pretty um pretty I I I not 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 ideas that I'm passionate about because he's not he's not a starting player and he doesn't really have much of um uh an impact on me personally but I I, I think that you know I think that he gets Garamash gets pretty disrespected I think um a lot of the time um he's given quite a lot of his time to Dynamo, of course he's a loyal player um but that's of course that's not a reason to keep a player if, if they're loyal and they're not good enough then you know get rid but as for Garmash I don't think that he's actually completely useless because no, as not. we've seen as we've seen this season he's not been you know he's not been a key player and you know he only really started playing after that COVID outbreak and from then, he managed to get a few goals even. And, you know, goals from midfield is something that we don't really get a lot. And that's something that he seems to be able to offer. He set up a few goals. He scored, I think, two, which is still... Against Inhulet and Mariupol, I think. Against Inhulet and Mariupol. And he, he was, you know, unfortunately for him, taken off. Um because of a anyway, not to get too carried away with that. I think I would keep him not as a starting player, not as someone you know you build your team around because that that's long gone. That's you know that all that promise you were showing. That's he's not the player that we hoped for, unfortunately. And that's you know what can we do now? But I think that he is decent enough defensively, not good enough to be a lone defensive midfielder because that would be probably catastrophic with his reputation for cards but um i think that he like i said can chip in with the goal and assist so he's decent enough to be attacking but he's not good enough to be a number 10 as well you know to to replace Bujalski. so i think he's decent enough position like a, a position where he's 
not good enough to start over Shaparenka and Sidorchuk is just the central midfield role. And I think that he is a good enough player to bring off the bench. I think he can cover a few roles, including a striker. We've seen him play there in the, uh, in the past. He's a physical presence. Um, and I think for me, those are all reasons that make him good enough to at least have some kind of part. And that's not to mention um, how he's liked by all the players and how every time I watch an interview, um, if the question about who the funniest player is, is the answer is always Garmash and all the players always seem to have a funny story about him. So yeah, for me, he's a good player in the dress. He's a good person to have in the dressing room. He's kind of useful as, as a depth option. He's good off the bench, physical presence. I'd keep him and I'd give him a... I think part of the, the fact that his, he was just written off completely as a player. You know, he was called completely useless. And to be fair, he kind of was under Mikhailichenko, but he was called all the names, you know, he was completely written off. And this season, he's not been, you know, he's not obviously been the best player, but, you know, he's shown that he can have a, a job, a role in the squad. So I'll give him a six and I'd keep him. Forgot to unmute myself for a sec. Uh, Eric, do you have anything to add on uh, Garmash? No. Um, sorry about that. Actually, this uh, inverting the pyramid just arrived, and there's a nice picture in here of uh, Lobanovsky, so I'm very excited to start reading this. Um, my wife got her New Year's presents on time, and I get mine several days late, but hey, no big deal, I guess. Um, but and um as as karma for that um actually two, more like two bad things for you i stole i stole your um review of karma so i'm sorry about that eric but whatever you have to say now go on no i'm not going to rephrase anything i mean i'm assuming we already talked about the ball going under his foot um we did rounding we did. rounding the keeper against was it in holets when he fell over and scored oh, yeah um, sorry i did I, I failed to mention that when he scored the goal gets goals from midfield, but more importantly, he gets goals from midfield and he falls over when he scores. Right, goals. right. So that's, that's a win-win for me, really. Didn't, um, he fall, didn't he fall when he scored that goal from distance against someone as well? Or am I just... Or, am I just, or he probably did it at some point in the past, but in all honesty. He, he falls over a lot, doesn't he? It's hard to keep track of all the times he falls, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've been a little critical of him just because his on-the-field performances at times are lackluster, I guess. Um, but, I mean, look, he's been a loyal club servant. I mean, Dima hit upon it. He's a good guy. Um, you know, he's given interviews with Dinamo, and he's, you know, they've asked him, like, you know, they send you out on loan, and then you come back. You know, what's the deal with this? What's your mindset? And he's like, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, if the club needs me, I'm going to play for him. So, I mean, I do respect that mentality. Um, you know, talking from an ability standpoint, I would keep him. I think that he's someone that we could use um, against lower-sided teams, teams towards the bottom of the table. I don't think he should be starting, nor do I think that he should ever be in the number 10 role. Um, but um, could be useful again against teams like, you know, FC Lviv in Roulettes. Um, trying to think, oh, Dnipro is bottom of the table right now, aren't they? They are, yeah. And I think we play them fairly early into the 
spring as well, maybe in Feb, maybe in February, March. So even, you know, some teams like that, but um, yeah, I, 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 I would keep him. He's a good locker room presence. He's good for, um, you know, he's good for team camaraderie and things like that. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd keep him. I think one thing I just want to add with a lot of these players, you know, players like a Garmash or, you know, a Lenyev, I think they're going to be really important for this early stretch of the spring, where if you look at our first three games, we play Olympic, Desna, and Lviv, which is all in the same kind of crunch time as we have these Europa League games against um, Bruges. So it would not really be the worst thing in world history if some of these players like a Lenyev or a Garmash um, or even like a Sirota going back to the defenders are getting minutes um, while maybe some of the players like Bujalski, Zabarni, you know, uh, are, are being rested. Um, now we move on to the attackers. Excuse me. Uh, so real quickly, before we get it really in detail in a lot of these attackers, there are some attackers like Besiedin, can't really rate him because he's had the drugs ban. Um Nazari Rusin played about 30 minutes and got hurt. Again, not really. Maybe he probably one who should probably be loaned out. Uh, Clayton, obviously 10 out of 10 signing. It should be starting attacking position because it on transfer mark, it literally just says attack under his position. It doesn't even give a specific one. Um, and who else? Is there someone else? Oh, yeah. And Duelund, we, I, we could touch on real quick because he has barely played. Always plays generally very well when he plays, but just just can't shrug, uh, shrug off the injury bug. I think he had COVID, fairly bad uh, reaction to COVID towards the end of the year. Um, you know, hopefully he's someone who could kind of, with a little bit of a, you know, refreshing stint in the UAE for that preseason, uh, hopefully he could be someone that could really come good in the spring and Honestly, if he can get fit and get back to match fitness and be able to affect him, he's almost like a new signing, really, when you think about it. Um, so I hope the – so I would definitely keep Duel and give him a shot. Um, so we'll start with uh, Benjamin Verbić. Uh, Dima, keep, sell, or loan Verbić, and you're rating for him this season. It's kind of difficult to give a, a straight answer, given that he's not really played in his favorite left wing position but he's as as it goes for all strikers not ever obviously that's an exaggeration but all strikers played recently for Dinamo he has really really struggled at the number nine position and there's actually been rumours that um, he actually wants to leave because he's not getting enough time or whatever and so if I'm just going to say it. If there's an offer that's good enough, um, you know, some decent money, maybe about five, five million, or maybe at a push, which I don't think we would get ten. I think something like that would be all right, and I would maybe even I may maybe sell him for that kind of price um, to maybe get in uh, because he's not. I don't for me, he's not really he's not first choice striker, and he's not first choice on the wing, so. And I, I doubt he'd be happy with that. So, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And so I it's it's so difficult because I'm torn between keeping him and you know, maybe either he can be an off-the-bench option 
he's going to start the odd game here or there. All he gets back to is, you know, his old form where he will be good enough to start and then become a key player once again. Or we sell him for a good price. But, you know, gun to my head, I'd say we keep him for now. Um, and to rate him, I think he's... Has he even started a game on the wing in his preferred position? Because I don't remember that. So that you can't rate him I, for that. I don't think so. He has. So he's not. So for, for this, I'm marking purely as a striker, uh, where he's played and started most well, all of his matches, and he's not been good, but he's not been as bad as his competitor, should we say, who we will get out onto. But that's not saying much, really. But he's. He's not had the strongest of, I would say, competition for the striker role. And that's not even his position. And he seems to be winning, which is, <laughs> which says it all. But I'd give him a six out of, a six and a, yeah, do you know what? Six out of 10 for me is fair enough. He got some important enough goals. He made that contribution against Barcelona where he shot right into the goalkeeper but it bounced off and we scored. So that's that's mainly what I remember of him. And he didn't even get an assist. I don't think that even registered as an assist, which says it all. But yeah, um, six out of ten. And for now, I'd keep him. But maybe, uh, um, maybe sell him if there's a good price. But yeah, keep him six for me. Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, on to the next winger, Carlos De Pena. Uh, Eric, your opinion on De Pena? Yeah, um, he's grown on me a lot this season. Um, you know, you can see what happens. Um, I think it was what the goal that we scored against Ferenc Vados that was, uh, what was it, his free kick that uh, um, Popov headed in. I mean, you could see with his celebration with that, how much that, that meant to him. Um, so, you know, a type of player like that, that, um, you know, is that invested in the club and, and things like that? I mean, that's, that's huge. Um, you know, I think that he's a very hard worker. Um, you know, he works hard down the left flank, decent crosses. I mean, he's decent from set pieces. Um, and uh, in, I'm trying to remember, did he, did he score in the qualifiers for the Champions League? Yes, yeah. he had, I think, a penalty against yeah. he had a penalty yeah. against Ghent yeah. in the second leg. And I think he scored the winner away at Ghent. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. I thought he had it. I couldn't remember if he had one or two, but okay, yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'd probably give him a mm, six and a half. Um I think that he's had some fairly solid performances, you know, as we're taking a look at rumors of players coming in and having this abundance of wingers um, talking about people that we should keep or, or, you know, get rid of. I mean, he's definitely one that I would keep. Um, I think that he kind of gives us something different down the left flank um, where, you know, traditionally we deploy like inside forwards or inverted wingers, but having a true out and out winger, um, like I said, kind of gives us a little different, a little something different there. Um, and on top of that, he's good from set pieces. Um, Definitely a useful player, uh, Depena is, especially coming into this uh, second half of the season. Uh, who's next? Oh, Tsehankov. How could I forget? Um, Viktor Tsehankov. Uh, Dima, your 
opinion on Viktor Sehankov? What can I even say? Um, well, so one straight answer, keep him. Um, and for me, this is this is the next thing I'm going to say. For me, he is one of, again, one of a very few players that are good enough if we're going to be a Champions League team. He is a Champions League level of player. He is good enough to play at that level. He's good enough um, to score and assist at that level, to start all the games. Um, he's, he seemed to lose kind of a lot of confidence last year. Um, and he seemed to lose a lot of his form. He seemed to stop doing what he used to do so much, like dribble, cut inside, stuff like that last year. But since Luchescu has come in, I think all of that has, um, has returned to his game. He seems to be much more confident. He seems to actually, what, what he used to do is, well, not, no other way of saying he should disappear in big matches, but now he seems to be active in all games. And that's really nice to see. Um, has, I think he's our top goal scorer this, this season. He and is on eight goals. That's right, that's right. And not only is he the top goal scorer of our, of our team, He's the top scorer of the UPL in 2020, so that's good for him. Um, and, yeah, for me, I'm going to give Tsigankov... I've already said I'd keep him. I would give Tsigankov a... eight. And, yeah, for me, I think eight and a half is fair. Or maybe eight, maybe eight and a half. But I think because he's our best player, I go eight and a half. Uh, on to the next attacker is Vladislav Supriyaha. And I'm going to keep Supriyaha short for one reason, because going into what has gone wrong with Supriyaha this year, we could probably honestly do a whole episode on stuff he's done pretty good, stuff that he could do better, stuff that he's been poor on, reasons for that. Um, at the end of the day, he hasn't been good enough. Sure, he's only on two goals. Sure, there's a game here and there where, although he didn't get a lot of chances, um, he played right. All right. I think it was against Mariupol. He had a pretty good game, even though he didn't get any, chance, didn't get any chances. Um, at the, I'm just at the end of the day, he is only 20, but I would keep him. But I would not be inherently against if a good offer comes in to sell him. Um, maybe Luchescu can get into his head. I don't know. Something you got something. If he is going to get going, something needs to happen. Um, I'd probably go a three to four, maybe lean four, just because he has played a lot in a team that is top of the table. So he maybe gets benefit of the doubt there. Um, maybe, you know, um, but also he's being, he, I heard he's going to become a center back starting in the, in the spring after his clearance against Colas last game. Uh, so maybe we'll see a, a shift on a position there. So I would keep kind of like a lot of these players, I would keep them um, unless a good offer comes in sell. Uh, but I would say maybe three to four out of 10 for Supriyaha, hoping though that maybe Bestiadi coming back where he has some actual competition could maybe get him going again. Um, unless, do you guys have anything to add real quick? I just wanted to say one thing. I'm not going to give him a rating, but for me, just just my opinion in terms of keep Leona Cell, for me, I give him till the end of the season, right? And I give him the preseason and, you know, 
maybe we, we see who we see who does better in the preseason. Besiedin or Supriaga. Whoever does better there starts starts well, first of all, the first game back. And if that player keeps, you know, keeps playing well, then they are obviously first choice. But for Supriaga, if he doesn't do well in the in the preseason in the friendlies, and if he doesn't sort himself out in, during the rest of the season, sell it's it's time to go because what I've seen so far, he started off well enough, and even though his first game in his first game back, he got his first goal for the club, and he's even in that match he scored he squandered chance after chance, but he did manage to you know he saved himself by scoring what seconds, but. From then on, it's it's just been poor from him. I think he scored once in the Euro qualifiers and insisted once, and he scored once against was it Lviv? And yeah, again, it was against Lviv. Who has he actually scored against? Was it only Lviv in the league? Yes, he only has two goals this season in uh, the league. Well, that's not good. Well, that's not good enough, is it? So what I've seen, if he keeps this form up, well, I'd say keeps it up, which I I don't want. To do that because it's just not good enough in any way shape or form but if he if he keeps playing like this i'm sorry i i, I, I that that's enough for me maybe maybe alone maybe alone but what good is it if we keep loaning him out to small clubs where he does well because there's not as much pressure and he comes back after a good season and he just completely bottles it once again i mean what good is that so for me give him give him six months give him the end of the season if he doesn't sort himself out Sell. Now, I just have a quick question. This could be for both of you. For Supriyaha, is it merely about goals? Because it's no secret that Dinamo strikers generally don't get the most amount of chances in world history. Um, is it merely about goals, or is are you just looking for just general improvements in performance? For, and either if, if you want, both want to answer it. Team is waving um, at me. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll go first real quick. Um, so for me, like, I, look, you're a striker, right? I mean, he needs to be putting away his chances. He needs to be scoring goals. But honestly, at this point, really what I just want to see is some performances individually. I want to see um, less selfishness. I want to see less moping and pouting when things aren't going his way. You know, we talk about the Mariupol game where he actually did a decent job of holding the ball up, playing on or playing into his teammates and things like that. So even that would be a welcome change for me. Um, I'm going to mention something here that Dima talked about um, previously that I totally agree with and is something that I have also mentioned. This role that our center forwards play um, the pressing forward role. So for me, Besiedin is a true pressing forward. We take our other forwards that we get and pretty much just shovel them into this role. And it's like, okay, you need to be this position now. Hopefully it works out. And for me, part of the issue is players like Supriaha and we'll get to Rusian in a minute are not really pressing forwards. They're, they're just not effective in those roles and converting them into these roles, however that's been gone about, has not been effective either. So, I, I mean, I don't know. We could take a look at this and see, you know, are there other roles that we could take a look at for them, um, you know, like false nine, advance forward, whatever, um, that we could tinker around with to see if we can get the most out of our forwards. Obviously, that's got to complement the larger tactical setup. Um, but for me at this point, 
you know, I don't know, like scoring goals. Yeah, he needs to be scoring goals. But I take a look at that match against Kolos, like that's something he needs to be scoring. Outside of that, you know, as long as he's helping out, like I said, more performance similar to the Mariupol um, match, I, I would be okay with. Definitely a player, I think, continuing a trend. I think we've seen a lot for this roster. Um, player, very talented, but we just want to be seeing, at, at the minimum, putting in a shift. I think if if you put in shift playing for the team, I don't think anyone, whether it's Supriaha, whether it's Sihanko, whether it's Bushan, I don't think anyone can follow you. I just wanted to say about that. I mean, surely if a player's on the club's wage bill that's the very that's the very minimum you'd expect for him to try i mean if, if i played for dinama and that's not not just because it's the club i support i would try and you know i wouldn't do a good job but it's just he's not trying and he's not doing a good job for me which you know but that's i think i've had enough i've, I've had enough talk about Supriag and I've, <laughs> I've had enough of Supriag this season to be honest with you but yeah that's it from me Maybe he'll turn on in the spring because I think last fall he only had three goals in like 17-something games and really turned it on the spring. Also happened to turn it on last spring with a hat-trick against Tenovo, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so real quickly, let's just do Gerson Rodriguez real quick. Uh, Eric, uh, Gerson. Um, <clears throat> he's got to he's got to improve his consistency and he's got to improve his touches. I mean, we're beating a dead horse here, but I think that he is a true athlete. I think that he's very athletic, but I think skill wise, he really has got to, he really needs to improve passing, dribbling first touch. I mean, it's just all over the place. And, you know, we watch a match. Like I think it was actually the Colos match that we talked about where he takes a touch that goes five meters off of his boot. And then he follows the opposition and they get a free kick back in their own territory. Um, just, just, you know, really poor, um, so, you know, for me, I think as of now, I, as of this point right now, I would keep him. But similar to Supriyaha, I'd give him the rest of the season, <clears throat> see how it looks. And if there's no improvement, I'd ship him out. In terms of a rating, probably a five. I think that's overall fair. Um, so that is the conclusion of our episode today. Uh, if you want to get into contact with – oh, Dima, yes, let me say real quick. I just wanted to say – um, this isn't really normally, it's, it's not really normally my job, but I just wanted to hear your, you guys' opinions on a few players that we have online. I know you kind of skipped over them, and I'm not going to go too in-depth like the players like Benito, Carbo, Kravchenko, etc., but the more traditional players like Sol, I'm interested in your opinions on Sol, and also on Kajiri. What, what would you guys do with them? And then I'll give my opinion i'm sorry this is a bit not uh, unorthodox but i just i'm just interested so i'm just going to keep my opinion quick saul i think probably had one of the best starts you could as a denial striker scored in his like second or third game then got hurt like two games later um saul i think it's just at this point just let him go have a good career in spain i think that's the best thing and kadiri i have no idea what to do with mohammed kadiri i, I I think at the best point is you're better off just even taking a loss on that. Just sell him, take a loss, and call it a day with Kadiri. 
that's fair enough. And what about you, Eric? Um, so Sol, I mean, he's he seems like such a great guy, um, but it just I don't know. It looked like his confidence took a hit and, and it just spiraled down from there and, and just never got back up to, as Alex mentioned, when he started with Dynamo. So yeah, I'm kind of conflicted on him on, on whether or not I would take him back and maybe give him another chance in the striker role or not. Um, but um, in terms of Kadiri, yeah, no, 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 thanks. Okay, well, I agree and I value both your opinions. Now to give my ones on Fransol, I yeah, I definitely agree. He seems like he's, he really seems like a great guy. Um, and unfortunately for me, being a great guy <laughs> doesn't make you eligible to you know start games for Dynamo. And for me. His confidence did take a hit, but, you know, the way he was playing, it was like having a lamppost just stand around in the penalty box and not run at all. Just just stand in the same spot and just do nothing at all and offer nothing. But if, if he can, like that goal, if he can come off the bench sometimes and grab some goals like he did against Shakhtar in the Super Cup, why not? But for me, generally, I would love to sell him, to be honest. I don't... I don't think it's worked out. Well, I, I'm more like I know it hasn't worked out. And about Kadiri, <laughs> what's everything's been said already. I mean, this guy, man, he takes a touch of the ball and then he falls over. I mean, this this just it's just shocking, really. His, his technical ability, it just doesn't exist, really. And I'm sure he's a good guy. And I, I did actually hear good things about him when he was at Tula in in the past before he came. And I, I was I remember his first game for us on Independence Day 2019, was it? Yeah, it was 2019. Against and he Olympic, was, I think, right? Against Olympic. And I remember Mikhailic Chienke in his Vushovanka, and he just he just stood in the same same spot the whole game with a straight face. But that's less about Mikhailic Chienke, more about Kajiri. He was great defensively. He was he showed some good skill. He got joined forward in the tax, and that was the only match I ever saw any use from him ever in his entire career, pretty much at Dynamo. And for me, yeah, it's <laughs> it's selling, but if we sell him at a loss, fine, at least we get some money for him. But yeah, for me, sell for me, sell both players. That's but yeah, that's it from me. And you can you can go back into um what you were saying before. I very rudely interrupted you, so I'm sorry. No. I, no, no problem. I will try to reduce that in the future, but I was just generally curious about um, a few of those players. But yeah, that's it from me. No, no problem. Um, yeah, so if uh, you want to get into contact with any of us, so if you would like to contact uh, Dima on why Shepelyev, Kadiri, and Kovalenko should be starting midfielders for Dynamo, uh, Dima, where can they contact you? Um. First of all, I'm not really interested in any of that. Um, I'm done with both those players who play for Dynamo and I'm done with Kovalenka for the national team. But if you do want to contact me, um, my Twitter is at 1927DIMA, so that's 1927DIMA. No underscores, spaces, full stops, nothing. But yeah, that's if you want to get, um, if you contact me. And Eric, if anyone wants to get into contact with you, how can they do that? 
Sure. So I'm on uh, Twitter at uh, at Libovich. That's L-E-B-O-V-I-C-H. And if you want to get into contact with me, your host, you can follow me on Twitter at Lishik7. That's L-Y-S-Z-Y-K and just the number seven. No capitals, no spaces. And we have a little uh, treat for you, uh, for you, the viewers, as one may say. Uh, we want to hear from you. So as you know, it's the winter break. So we're going to have some fun with this time off. We are going to do our ideal Ukrainian Premier Leagues next week. So we're going to be going through 16 teams. So it has to be 16. And it's pretty much fair game. Any team that's existed. So if you want to put the old Dnipro back in the league, the old Metalis Kharkiv back in the league, um, if you want to even be creative and throw with a throwback and add a Kremin Kremenchuk, be our guest. Uh, so if you want to send us a DM, you could do that on Twitter at Denama Abroad. Or if you want to send us your ideal Ukraine Premier League, you can send it to our email, which is denamoabroadpodcast at gmail.com. And I just want to add to that. Alex brought up a good point. So yeah, however you want to do this, there are no, literally no rules for it. You know, we're going to assume that um, teams that unfortunately no longer exist, like Nipro, um, Metalist, we're going to assume that, you know, we can resurrect them and that they're going to be competitive as they were in prior yes. um, yeah. Ukrainian Premier League season. So however you want to do it, you know, your ideal 16 league, league teams could be, um, you know, current teams, it could be past teams, it could be um, without Shakhtar, um, however you want to do it. Even if you want to resurrect some old clubs that were popular in the Soviet days, like maybe a locomotive, Kiev, for example, have fun with it. We want to hear as creative as you can get, uh, and we'll be going over our ideal Ukrainian Premier Leagues on next week's show. So from everyone here at Dynamo Abroad, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.